Hello, and welcome to episode 231 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have an interview with Anthony Stokes, creator of Decay, coming soon to Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Anthony, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, could you start us off with a, uh, a brief bio about yourself and then, then the elevator pitch before we go into to the interview for this book, Decay? Sure thing. I, I have a background as a screenwriter, and that's what I did for a majority of my life. And then I, I started seeing, you know, some indie comics pop up and I got interested. So I, I you know, did my toes in the water and, and it's been a pretty, pretty nice process so far. And as far as Decay and Elevator Pitch, I would say it's about, you know, f- family and grief and, you know, staying alive for somebody else and what happened and trying to rally around that and what happens when that doesn't work. Sure. So is this your first uh, comic book project or is this, you know, maybe you had a couple of uh, projects before? I, I know you mentioned uh, the screenwriting background. I was just trying to figure out maybe when the switch to or the focus to the comics came into play. So, no, this is my this is my first comic book. Truthfully, I mean, I, I did a couple I dropped a couple like three panel, maybe two page things in it didn't really take off. And when um, I'm commissioning these, these works, so it didn't really work financially. I know people do like the, the webcomic thing. I couldn't do it. And uh, it really started about two years ago because uh, making a movie is, is crazy expensive. Like <laughs> so many thousands of dollars for like a short film, like five minutes. And I was like, man, I can, I can take that money, make a, a pretty, you know, pretty good looking comic books. That's when I that's when I decided to make the switch. I'd say about summer twenty nineteen. I would say right in time, right on time, right for uh, mm-hmm. for a pandemic to happen and everyone <laughs> to have nothing but time. Yeah, I got the writing when that happened. So yeah, were, I mean, a little bit of trick to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the so like um when you were a screenwriter, what were the subject materials that you sort of delved into? Um, like what, what, what did you write all kinds of genre or did you sort of do the more like I, I would say that decay is kind of like a thriller horror at least like that's sort of where it's going um, but yeah I mean, I'm curious what your screenwriting was like so it was a lot of thriller horrors I think thriller can describe like what like 70 percent of all media probably like you so, know comedy true so you know it was it was everything every I had a lot of I try to do like some black humor I would throw in, you know, to, to kind of like that Tarantino, not necessarily Tarantino style, but I, I think, you notice a lot of good writers, they'll, they'll make things funny without mm. changing the entire tone, which is something I strive for. Hasn't happened with, with decay issue one, but I could, I could write about anything, but this is a bit in my wheelhouse, something that's, you know, kind of darker, something that's really character driven about, you know, grief and um, family so I, I wrote a little bit of everything, but it's definitely kind of in this direction for sure. That's really cool. Was this always a uh, a comic project or was this something that uh, was, you know, a spark of an idea that you may have thought to take to, to the screen and then just as sort of, you know, budgetary concerns, thinking things through, um, you know, going into 2019, focusing on comics, you just sort of shifted the sort of the 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 intent over from from the screen to the page. Essentially, what happened was I, I thought about doing that, and but you really can't. I don't want to say you can't. Uh, I don't want to say that, but it's very hard to take a movie and and shift it to a to a comic book. 
what I think is the easiest transition is like a TV to a comic book stretch. That's the easier structure. So I haven't really just tried to turn to a movie into a comic book. <clears throat> the the inception of this idea was I was kind of looking at all these all these superhero movies. You know, we're in you know bunch of bunch of them, and I said, you know what. I want to make an original R-rated superhero film because they're coming. You know, I think there was Brightburn uh, a couple of years ago, Super, um, 2010, 2011, I think. So they're, they're, they're going to start coming. So I was like, okay, let me let me start to work on that. And I was like, all right, so um, New Orleans, that'd be a good place to set a movie, you know, get a tax, the tax credit. Like, cause yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to get a movie made, believe me. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, I, I kind of worked, I mean, it sounds kind of cynical, but I kind of worked there and it's, you know, that that was the the inception of the idea i could say that's cool to work within your limitations as a screenwriter and that's something i guess that's never really brought up i mean people say it's good to like i've listened to some like podcasts and interviews with screenwriters who say it's good to be overly imaginative but it's also really good to work within the confines of what you have and um i really i really like the new new orleans setting but it, 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 it suits the story yeah, I think, I mean, you don't, for me, it's almost like you have to compartmentalize. Like, this is what I'm writing with the intents to get filmed, potentially, like, one in a million, you know, chances. And then there's something like, okay, I'm just going to write something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you have to do that. Absolutely. Are you from New Orleans originally? Because it, it felt, I mean, the story feels very personal. And I was wondering if there was, like, you know, if you had a link to the, the setting at all. No, I've never been. I, I really want to go. Like I said, it was mostly because there is, you know, there's some there's some implied magic going on mm-hmm. and, and it felt right. And also, it's, it, you know, the, New Orleans has a has a very rich history um, and almost a lore in itself, you know, so I thought it was interesting to set there. Yeah. Also, beautiful, beautiful. Something it. it doing the research it really there's some really interesting things like there's a lot of above ground it's like people they don't bury a lot of people on the ground because the the ground is so soft right from all the water so they they build these above ground cemeteries that are just, that are just gorgeous which there's there's i was very happy there's almost like a splash page there's there's like two big pages with the above ground cemeteries that i really love yeah i was um i don't know if you read the series or not but we've interviewed the artist for it a couple of times it's called bone parish through boom studios and that book takes place mostly in new orleans and i was like oh this book has a very bone parish feel to it at times um because of the sort of like uh, <coughs> excuse me how magic is blended in with the setting i really like that you, you integrated them pretty flawlessly here we got a collab um what was it one more time uh, the, the name of the book mm-hmm. yeah it's a uh, bone parish yeah i'll definitely check that out yeah um so i have a couple of questions that are going to sort of relate to the the differences and the similarities between uh screenwriting uh and, and comic book writing you had mentioned earlier that it's easier to take sort of maybe like the idea or the structure of a tv show and and, and turn that into a comic do you feel that it's sort of like the way that like TV shows like to stop on a cliffhanger, you know, an episode of a TV show likes to, to, to have you that, that moment, like, Oh, I got to come back, you know, traditionally next week or Netflix is sort of keep you sort of, you know, 
you know, that little countdown going and you're not going to click stop, you know, you're going to keep going there in the comic book, you do a thing where you have a cliffhanger, which you do in this issue here um, at the last page, you know, make us want to come back and, and read more. Do you feel that the, the structure of TV to the structure of sort of episodic storytelling and comics, that's why it works out so well? Well, yeah, exactly. And it's also length. So a movie, a movie nowadays is, let's say, 90 to two, two hours long. And the structure of TV has stayed essentially the same. It's still 30 minutes to an hour. So you're talking about half the time and you take out, you know, you take I mean, let's let's say cable TV. Let's keep it to that. Let's you know, so let's say like 40 minutes. So you're talking about like a third of the time, essentially. So it's also length. And then, yeah, you want kind of that episodic beside a structure yeah you want you want to you want to keep people engaged um absolutely so that that is part of it. it's a length and then it's also like yeah that the episodic nature that you talked about and you know a lot of times when we've had screenwriters on we've talked about the the differences in 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 pacing um you know we've all heard the sort of the the adage that one page of screenwriting equals one minute of uh time on screen we all sort of experience uh time the same way um when we watch a show you know you know Noah watching the screen for a minute is the same as me watching the 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 screen for a minute but with a comic book you know you can slow down um you know by adding things to the detail or making the, pay, the the panel wider or actually just sort of like dropping out backgrounds and sort of manipulating how fast the reader reads it. And every reader will actually read it differently. So was there things that you looked at there with like pacing in comics? Because this is, a, like Noah said, this comic is paced really well. Like there's moments where it speeds up um, and then there's moments where it sort of slows down and we sort of get the connection with the characters and stuff like that. Yes. So pacing is pacing is always is good. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people nowadays, I have a really bad attention span. So if I'm watching something, you, you need to keep my attention. You know, you need to you need to have something happen. And so that's that's kind of where that that quick pace, if it doesn't need it, I'm cutting it out. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like it. That's how I like to, to process my stories. So that's kind of the, the inception. It's, it's kind of funny because some people like the pacing. Some people don't, which I think is really interesting. And a lot of people were like, oh, you need more. You need more of this and more than that. And it's like, I just also part of it is I just didn't have anything compelling in those, I guess, where where it cuts kind of maybe faster. And some people were like, I just didn't have anything compelling to write. So like, I, 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 I did to my to my taste. Basically, mm-hmm. I think you should write something for yourself, really. I think you should be your first kind of tastemaker. You know, you obviously want other people's opinions, but it should be to yourself so i think that's you know it's interesting that 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 you guys like the pacing other people didn't that's the the beauty of art you know and also the the sort of grabbing attention um the is we we open up with with uh with an action an action scene sort of like in you know in a moment of of intense sort of you know agony pain so was that your intention it was to sort of grab the reader because you know um, I've also sort of used the adage where we talk about, um, you know, a lot of times when people pick up a book, you know, like a prose book, like in a Barnes and Noble or, or a bookstore, like they might read the first chapter and, you know, writers will often make that first chapter exciting so that that person is intrigued to, you know, buy that book and take it home. So was that a little bit of the way you, you set the story up to, to drop us into, to, you know, this this chaotic action moment, like right away? 
So it's 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 a it's kind of a, a part A and part B. So yes, yes, you want something memorable to start just start your whatever it whatever it is. And you're you're talking about novels. Um, haven't read one of those in a while. I think they still make those. <laughs> and then you know, it's about movies, TV, a, a pie. You know, you want everything to start off mem- memorably. But you also want to set t- the tone, and that's what it really was about. And and and, and you know, plot too. And I always say. You, you want your you want your first moment to to encapsulate everything you want it to work on a thematic level a story level a character level tonally so that's that's really what that first shot was about yeah I really like that then I I knew obviously that like you would circle back around to it and explain it as you went um I, I like that you I mean obviously I, I like stories though where I get to know the characters before like the action really starts and things like that but I do get the need of like needing to get people excited about stuff right off the bat. And then we start to care about these characters. So by the time, like you sort of set, like you said, you set this tone, you pump up the dread. And then like, as you start to get to know the characters, you start to get worried for them and you get like, and obviously like one of the things that you don't like, there is another thing that happens after the sequence that you don't see coming. And it is kind of a gut punch. And I really like that. And um. I guess it's like, yeah, I'd be interested to hear about like what's your approach to like sort of shock is, I guess, um, in, in story. You said a word there I like. You said dread. And I, I dread is yeah. one of my favorite. It's it's one of the worst things to feel in life. But for fictional purposes, oh, it's it's beautiful. It, it works yeah. so well. And um, as far as shock, I mean, you 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 kind of, you know, when you're writing a story, you're like, oh, this shit. I'm sorry, can I? this shit about to hit you know you, you know like okay this is gonna be really 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 interesting so i think that's the best part of the story is like the reveal you know like that oh like you know that 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 moment where you don't see it coming so that's definitely something i that's something i strive for like every every single thing you want somebody to get you want to turn it you want to turn the audience around essentially that's yeah you yeah to turn the audience around because i thought the story was going one way even knowing how it began, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but you some like, again, and it's sort of interesting because I didn't really think of it as a superhero origin story while I was reading it. But then you sort of talking about it in this interview, like it's sort of a superhero origin story of sorts. Like then you subvert the expectations of the origin once we catch up to the beginning, basically. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really exciting. Like right there, I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't, expecting that uh I wouldn't call so it that necessarily, was, yeah i wouldn't call it this i don't know if i said superhero i misspoke it's I said, uh comic book comic kind book of movie okay also, yeah then a superhero plenty of those we all love those i kind of try to do a little bit something a little bit different you know mm-hmm. so you you make the decision that uh you know that, that you want to make a comic did did you know any of the the artists beforehand or is this something where you put a call out on the internet and you, you start taking in samples and trying to find people who, who are right for the book that was essentially it and i went through i think a, a previous artist where it just is not it just was not working out and then i i, I met the artist now marcelo and i met him through reddit right i recommend anybody r slash comic book collapse i'm i'm 90 sure that's what the name is and that's like my favorite subreddit everybody should go there a lot of great a lot of great people on there and, and that's that's how i met them 
That's awesome. I don't think we've had anyone on here who's found their artists through Reddit. So that's a really cool resource really? to know now. Yeah. Most of the people find them like Facebook or DeviantArt or that kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess with me being a comic book newbie, like I, I, I read, so I read the big stuff. Like I yeah. read like Scott Pilgrim, Watchmen, Born Again, you know, like kick ass you know so i read the the major stuff but i don't have like a weekly subscription or i don't get like dc numbers one through a thousand or whatever that much so deviantart isn't something that i've ever experienced so i guess that would make sense i guess that would make sense because i'm like a super fan of comics it's not my favorite medium which is movies so that, so that makes sense but i definitely definitely go check that out if you're trying to get in i guess if you're trying to break into comics r slash uh comic book collapse is, is the spot okay. That's awesome. That's a really cool thing to add to the belt of uh, uh, comic book tools. Yeah, it's it's a it's a new resource because, like you said, uh, Noah, for for us, you know, we we've heard the story of you know Facebook groups where where people are looking to collab or somebody just sort of scrolling through Instagram or Deviant Art and looking for something that they they find feels or you know fits what they what they're looking for. Um, so you go on the Reddit and you, and you find the the artist. Um, do you guys start working with sort of character designs or do you start sort of working on like, like, uh, you know, this is my script, but can you, can you turn around a couple of sample pages so I can see what, what you can do? I mentioned that I, I did a couple pages. So that was kind of the start. I was kind of like trying to feel out kind of like, just get something. Okay. Cause in, in, you know, as I'm a, I said, I'm a screenwriter, I've been a screenwriter for about 15 years. I haven't mentioned a movie to plug or anything like that because I haven't made it. I haven't made anything as a screenwriter. So I'm like, I'm like, like, I'm trying to explain, like, so anxious. I, I need to release something. So I'm like, all right, let's work. And then we release like a two page comic, one page comic. And I was like, okay, this guy's pretty good. And we go from there. So I write it as a script first. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think, I think I just sent him like a straight up screenplay and he was like, look, buddy, you gotta, you gotta break this thing down a little bit panel by panel. I was like, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So then, the process is I, I write it, I write it in script form, like screenplay, and then send it to my friends. It's like, hey, what do you think about this? This is good. What do I need to change? Sort of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of get it into, uh, get into like good. So make sure it's a good screenplay. And then I, I, I comify, come, you know, make a comic book. I add the panels and all that. And then I send it to him. And I, and I give character descriptions. And then he kind of, he has his own interpretation of that. And I also send right. If it's a really important, if it's a background character, Marcel's really good at just like just filling stuff in. He's really great. He is great at background details. Like there's a panel of one of the characters' shrines, and I'm still noticing little details. Like and this thing's been commissioned for like four months or something like that. Like I'm noticing little details and stuff like that. But if it's a main character, I, I'll have probably sent a reference and I've probably I've have definitely described it in the in the screenplay. That's really nice. cool. And I'm wondering with your like when you comicify your screenplay. Uh, so uh, w- w- was your, was your artist sort of like helping you with like panel count and stuff like that? Like, hey, like I only want to draw like this many panels per page and stuff like that. And yeah, like, I wonder what, what what's your sort of like, I guess, comicifying process like? So this isn't, this is, I'm commissioning this. This isn't a, a mm-hmm. partnership or, or, or a, a true collaboration. I can't call it okay. that. He gets a lot of input and there's a lot of moments where I kind of, he does something different than I'm thinking. And I kind of just let it, the cover 
for Decay, which I think is gorgeous. And again, I didn't draw it, so I'm not bragging here. Like, I, I genuinely think when you've seen the sketch form, it's like, eh, I, I don't know about this. And then he he drew everything out, and I was like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. So it, it's as far as the panel count, I mean, it's just what I think. It might have more panel, pan, uh, it, it might have more panels per page than, than most comics. I don't really know. Like I said, I, I don't have that eye just yet where mm-hmm. I can look at a comic book page and kind of analyze it. Like I can, a, like a movie scene or something like that. I'm, I'm working on, on getting there, but I, I basically, I dictate the panels and then maybe he might, he might break it down a little different or something like that. And then it, it almost always comes out better him being the, the, the artist, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's really impressive though, at the same time, because like uh, it's hard to intuit how many panels you're supposed to have on a page. If this is your first time writing a comic. So good job. That's <laughs> sort of what it is. Like, a, like I said, this book's really well paced. Um, I'm curious though, because like, I'm just working with a guy right now who's a writer and he writes it like he somehow sometimes doesn't understand like panels. So, uh, but huh? he'll like write everything in wide, like wide shots. It's like, are, are you sort of that way too, where you're like, I'll, I'll write them in like, like how you would like fill up a screen, that kind of thing. Or, or are you someone that's are you a little different than that? I think, uh, I think I'm different. There's not, uh, not a lot of splash pages. I mean, there's a time where I'll kind of be like, all right, this needs its own page. It's moments yeah. like that. And I think that's kind of like the kind of the director's eye kind of working like okay if it's two characters talking then you don't need a splash page you don't need like a, that doesn't take a lot of space to to do and actually cut a significant amount of dialogue out of the comic book there was a couple there a lot of dialogue out so not not a i think i write it if a character's talking and the emphasis is there that's where the, that's where the, the i say the camera that's where the camera goes essentially yeah that's cool that's what i was wondering about yeah that's really great yeah, it sounds like you're you're perfect for writing comics because like you know space is so important on the page and like less dialogue the better. So that that's pretty great. Well, I have to give credit to Brandon Owens, who I you guys have on the show. He's the writer of Arcana because I sent him a uh, a script for a comic book, and he said, "Look, bro, this is you gotta you gotta you gotta take some of this dialogue out, man, because it could begin being." dialogue is like my favorite thing to write person mm-hmm. as a movie like i'm a tarantino fan like in my i would hope that realizing my full potential i would be mentioned with like an aaron sorkin or quinn tarantino or those kind of that's who i aspire to be so like dialogue is my shit like so it, it he's like hey man you gotta you gotta take some of this out like it's great look i love it it's great but you gotta and it's so you kind of had to kind of whittle it down and, and kind of just make it I, I say efficiency is is the thing especially when you're when you're like paying per page which i think is, is fine to mention you want to you want to get as much character development in as possible um so i think i think people are some some people have said that like along with the pacing being too fast like the characters are aren't don't get enough development but i feel as if you get a, a sense of the character's you don't need when you show a character like when I when I look at a character in a, in a Quentin Tarantino movie, I don't need to know their entire backstory. But through the mannerisms and through the scenes, like it might be a character in one one or two scenes, but you feel like, you know, this person because of the way they speak and how much personality that comes through in their in their dialogue. So that's what that's what I was really going for. It's just nice, tight, efficient storytelling. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's like the that's pretty interesting the way that you have sort of collaborated and, and brought in another writer. I mean, you, you handled the not too many uh, panels per page and, the you know, having somebody take a look at it and sort of tell you, hey, you might be a little dialogue heavy. You can cut some of the things out. Those are sort of the two big like rookie mistakes that 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 writers want. I mean. I turned in a script one time where I think every page had 15 panels and the, and the artist was like, not a chance. He's like, he's like, if it's more than nine, I'm going to start getting a little itchy and I, I don't think I'm going to uh, be able to do it. And then sort of the, the ability to, to, to show, uh, don't tell through comics, you know, a lot of times, um, the letting the pictures tell the story as opposed to having the character sort of, you know, alliterate and go on and on about what they're doing um those are the two sort of big mistakes that everybody seems to run in um so one you handled on your own and two you brought in somebody for for advice to, to sort of clear that up so that that worked out pretty well for you yeah. shuttle and tell is huge i think shuttle and tell ex- literally unless you're making like a novel or something like that i think is is a big deal and I, again i think people are things are so i'm not happy where entertainment is with writing personally um, and, and it's a lot of the, it's a lot, it's a lot of tell don't show. It's a lot of just hitting, the, hitting people over the head and, and, and it's, and it's extremely unfortunate. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm making a combo for the first time. And, and so I'm, yeah, I'm listening. I'm trying to get as, as many, you know, thoughts as possible. And the one thing, the one time I did notice the, um, the paneling for the comic book was Watchmen. I was like, okay, nine, nine is the max. That's what I thought. I was like, I can do nine that that's a, okay. Yeah, I was flipping through the pages when you were talking about the the panel count, and you were worried that maybe you had you had made some mistakes. And I, I went through, and I was like, oh, I think the 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 largest panel count I see here is is the the nine panels. And you did the sort of traditional, the you know three 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 that that Watchmen does there. So yeah, nine is is where I start to feel like if I start to do any more that uh, I'm you know taking up too much real estate. And I'm sure Noah, as an artist, if he uh, gets a script and he sees more than nine he starts to worry about how he's going to fit everything in there you know it's interesting with like dino the dino book that i'm doing right now like it's four panels at most that the writer writes in but each panel is packed with stuff so i have to separate that stuff into panels and on the page that i'm working on right now i decided and that on this issue i've been like trying to challenge myself to be like i'm going to see how many panels i can get in here with while still being coherent so the one I'm working on right now has 19 panels. Oh, I need to, I need to see that. Page. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, uh, it's not, I, I think it works because it's just like micro actions. So okay. I think that's where like it, it works to be like, we're going to break up the six panel limit. You know, you couldn't do that not a lot dialogue. of dialogue. It's just action. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. So- but I, I, but I like, but the thing about it is about like your book um, is it's so well paced. Like I said, like it just takes its time nicely, but tells a complete story in the first issue with room for more stories to be told. And I like how much like you have like a space to breathe. And it kind of does feel like a Tarantino movie in that way, where it's like, he says with his exposition, like he likes to bury it in dialogue or in action, you know? And I think that this book and how it's paced sort of says the same thing about you, where it's like, you like to sort of bury it all in this like well-paced story. 
you you people can't see me but i'm i'm like <laughs> smiling like a kid in a candy store right now i'm 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 really blushing but um i need a quote from you for the comic book uh for oh, the, great for the campaign before <laughs> but yes i i feel as if with exposition there's a moment that, so if i'm allowed to say like my one of my favorite moments is they're sitting there in front of like at the above the above ground um what i do the burials the, they're they're at their their parents um headstone basically essentially and they see, see the talking and this brother and sister and, and and the brother and sister are the main they're the main characters it's it's a story about them essentially and they're talking about their parents and they say oh all this from from some water and the other character says well it's a lot of water so that i think that tells you that it they their parents passed in hurricane katrina which is obviously you know tragic horrible that 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 really sucks but that's the kind of thing that i aspire to it's like you get so much information just from those two lines and and yeah i think if you have exposition i hate oh my god that's that's my problem i can't watch a lot of anime or something like it's just uh, just dumping information on your head it's like you almost want to hide information you almost want to like slip it in you know it's like like how they feed um dogs pills and they, they wrap around like bologna or something like that like <laughs> that's what you want you want to be entertained and also get the the requisite information for the story and i give as little information as possible to make them it's okay if i'm writing a a story with a bunch of information right it's harder to cut it than it is to it's it's harder to cut it than to add it you can always add an extra line or something like that but it's harder to it's like what's with, with seasoning or spice when you're cooking like it's easier to add, but you can't take away essentially. So that, that's my approach. So mentioning Quentin Tarantino and exposition is is the the biggest compliment I've gotten. <laughs> I think for this combo, thank you so much. Yeah, and I hope I'm not coming off as like butt kissing, but I think it's sort of important to highlight when people actually pay attention to the advice that good writers give. You know, um, so we like to talk about like Alan Moore on here, and like we like to highlight like everybody. Like we talk about Watchmen a lot. You know that kind of stuff. And there are right lessons to learn from Watchmen, but there are wrong lessons to learn as well. So it's like, you know, it's not enough just to make your book dark and gritty and then be like, yeah, I was inspired by Alan Moore. It's like, no, that's not how Alan Moore works, right? You know? And it's like, it's one thing also to be like, oh, all the dialogue, like it's a lot of white people using the N-word and stuff like that. I took a lot of inspiration from Tarantino, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's not the right lessons you need to be learning, right? Like it, it is the exposition. It's the how everything reveals character it's it's what's in common with every good writer it's kind of like with sorkin as well like i think yeah matt and i were talking about sorkin recently because we were reviewing a book that was very sorkin-esque um it was a superhero book too but like the writing was so good that it was like i was like this feels like an episode of west wing you know that kind of thing and it in was like book form oh yeah. novel yeah strange adventures man check it out it's really good I'm but the it. yeah um but like there are, there are right lessons to learn and there are wrong lessons to learn. Right. And it's like just being gory, just being dark is not the right lesson to learn from Tarantino, you know? So the pacing is the big thing. And that's, that's, uh, that's sort of what makes this book really good. Yeah. And, and you're right. There's, you can take lessons away from everything. And yeah, there's plenty to you want to leave, you know, with, with Tarantino and things that he does, but yeah, there, there's certain things. And I think one thing I'm really proud about is that somebody said, okay, so somebody, somebody said, so I sent it to this, to this critic I really respect. 
um, grew up on his on his reviews, which sounds weird, right? Like, who the hell says that? But no, really, like I did. Like I was such a when you're when you discover your love for something, you're like you're you're grasping at anything, you know. So I, I really and he said to me, I was like, hey, man, can you read? Can you read this comic book, man? I just all I want is your approval, please. And he said, he said, look, he said, it's it's good, but it's very dark. Um, I'm worried about you right now. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think it's that dark that, that you should be concerned. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have a lot of cursing. It, it doesn't have, I think they say the F word one time. Um, and yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have a lot of, um, does, doesn't objectify the characters. It doesn't, you know, it's not like a lot of new, it's no nudity actually. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, it's like dark, but mature. It's more mature in the sense of like, theme it's more mature in the sense of like the feelings you feel like i said we're going for shock there's shock but it's not shock value it's you know it's not what's the so i think one thing tarantino you can describe his movies as uh gratuitous there's nothing gratuitous in um, decay It, it should all feel natural yeah it doesn't feel gratuitous at all like it feels like a uh like a good episode of what Game of Thrones was, you know, that kind of thing. Like where you it's like some high praise, man. I, I love <laughs> well, I'm, I'm riding my Game of Thrones high right now. So I, I, it's it's fresh on my mind. But the uh, the <laughs> but it's a uh, it, it's a uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like it, it just again, it sort of adds to the the well paced aspect of it, too, because like with violence and profanity, those things are so abrasive sometimes that that can sort of shock the reader or the viewer out of the book and it can kind of like it has to be used at the right moment so that you're not hitting someone over the head yeah i mean it has to make sense in the story and, and everything has to make sense in the story and it's and it's great and i, I see so many well-meaning things just stop i mean it could be something good it can be social commentary you know it could be something really really great i remember i was um like the, the new marvel shows man you just watching and they're just stopping these shows to make a point about this and that this and that it's like hey you you have a story where you could integrate these themes and make it interesting but you're just you know you're stopping it to um it's like oh loki's bisexual great what does that have to do with this scene with this with this with this tv show you know like why don't you integrate that into the narrative a little bit better so yeah absolutely so I, I'm looking at the cover to, to the book and there's there's three names listed as the creative team. Um, so is your the Oliver, the is that uh, that's the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Marcelo. Marcelo. And is he handling the 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 coloring here? Yeah, so he does double duty. He does he does the illustration, does the inks, he does the the art. Anything you see is art is him. Anything that you see that's text is uh, I hope he's, I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, Johnny um, Hag or Hag, um, and he's the letterer. So me and Marcelo basically work like you know every you know every other day you know whatever however long it takes to do a page, you know back and forth. Okay, here's what we want, and then I send it in bulk to to um Joni essentially mm-hmm. and it's it's I think the artist dictates where the dialogue goes to 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 an extent you know you leave the white space open so um you know that, that that's the last part and but it's really it's really 
I don't want to diminish, you know, the lettering, but it's really like a, I'd say two and a half man job because it's really me and Marcelo, like talking like every day, you know, working things out, bumping things out. And then, Hey, here's the pages. And he, he adds the lettering. Yeah. Well, the, the lettering um, works out well here. Um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, um, lettering is sometimes sort of the the unseen um, or the unappreciated uh, part of it and it's sort of like a referee in a sports game you only you only really notice them if they if they've done something wrong you know um, if they're if they're doing their job it's just sort of the story flows and, and it, it uh, you know everything is placed well and it, it you know there's no confusion on who the balloon belongs to so you so you guys handle that there pretty well did it's you like editing like you, you don't notice editing in a movie unless it's yeah, unless it's really heavy or unless it's bad. You're like, this is really choppy. <laughs> so um, so you was, was that another internet search or was uh, were you able was did uh, the artist and the letterer ever work uh, together in the past? Because we found sometimes that teams just sort of, you know, build, you know, you, you find one part of it and somebody rec- recommends it goes, hey, you know, I worked with this guy before, this gal before they do good stuff you want to bring them on and you sort of get sort of a, a recommendation so but how did you find the, the letterer here r slash uh r forward slash comic book collapse i mean like i said the best <laughs> the best i read in the world you know so that's where I, that's where i found him say hey, i need a letter he said okay and yeah he does he does fantastic work he works fast and, and with it being in bulk it just works great for both of us because i'm like i don't need to i i got a lot of my plate like i know some teams some people have publishers. I'm jealous. Like it's, it's, it's pretty much just me on like the publishing side. So like anything that simplifies the process is, is very welcome. So no, he's great. Send him like 20 pages, get some done in a couple of days, maybe even a day. It's like, Oh man, he's, he's fantastic. Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, are you, um, so are, are, are you close to like a local comic shop where like you can, you can drop off books like um, when, when they're printed? I'm in, I'm in Norfolk, Virginia, essentially. So yes, there's somewhere I haven't, like, I haven't gone to that step. I haven't really, um, I'm relying very heavily on, like, I, this is my second interview. This will probably be like the last interview I do. I'm, I haven't, I'm just been so focused on the comic book. Like this is my first one. So again, the, I think the, I think the printing, margins were messed up at one point somebody somebody fixed that for me so I'm, I'm just trying to get in this campaign you know too i'm not a i'm not a business guy you know i'm i like to write yeah. you know i would love to just hand this off to somebody but i have to write and do all this stuff so i'm i'm very excited for i'm thinking like issue two when i have another four months i have the experience that i get go to go to cons go to the local print you know local comic book place and say hey you know i got this i don't i don't even know how that would, i don't even know how that would go really like i don't even know how you would start that like hey i got a comic book you want it like <laughs> i guess that'd be it <laughs> that's great so you know, this book is is going to, to to kickstarter soon uh do you have any kickstarter experience um you know with it with any other projects or, or, or did you sort of go in and look at comic book kickstarters and try to reverse engineer those like what was the the process there so any any kickstarter that i backed i, I think i backed like like 13 14 i've been look i've been looking at them obsessively i'll be honest with you just trying just trying to like look okay what makes it, i try to i try to guess i look at the the preview and i try to guess how much has this been funded and how much what's like the goal and all this stuff. So that was kind of my thing, like click on it 
and just trying to get a feel, just kind of trying to get a feel. And what I did was I wrote down the structure of every campaign that I donated to. So okay. Arcana, um, a couple of, couple of, couple of um, interviews you guys did. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. Oh man, I, I can't believe I'm blanking right now, but a lot of those I would go through and I'd write down. Okay. So story rewards, risk, blah, blah, blah. And I just go through there. But as far as experience, no, I don't have any, this would be my, this would be my first Kickstarter. And, and I'm very, very excited about it. Very excited about it. Has, uh, have you, have you, <laughs> have you talked, have you talked to any friends like uh, Brandon Owens, who's who ran a Kickstarter to sort of give you like a, like a, almost like a, like a, like a prep talk. Like this is what you need to expect. There's going to be the, there's going to be the joy and the excitement of, of day one hitting the launch button. And then there's going to be, you know, hopefully this isn't the case, but a lot of us find that this is the case that you get into the middle and things just sort of slow down and then they ramp back up um, in the, at the end. Have you, have you had anybody sort of give you like a prep talk on, on how the sort of the ups and downs of that, uh, that, that Kickstarter period? Just general, just general advice. Uh, Brandon Owens of Arcana and um, Pete Woods, Voodoo Child. Uh, yeah. He, 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 his, his Kickstarter is live right now so he's, he's been a, a massive help and we had overlap you know our premises have overlap so it's like that was an easy right. thing to do I've done enough research where I haven't you know what's, what's actually interesting is that <clears throat> excuse me Pete was talking to me he was like yeah I'm doing 18 days I think he said and I was like man I read that doing the shorter ones is better but I was like I was like man I don't know if I have I don't know if I can do it. Like, I'm just, I'm just, it, I know, I know, like there's, inf- you hear information, right? And you're like, I know the numbers back it, but it's just so hard. Like, it's your mind can't, it's like, it's less days. So it's less money. Um, And uh, that was the one conversation I had about Kickstarter and Lowell's. And then funny enough, I think my campaign's about to be like 14 days, like after having that conversation and talking with people. And I think, I think, so I'm, I'm going for two weeks. Fingers crossed. Wow. Yeah, we've, Noah and I, we have done longer ones and we've sort of done the traditional like one month, but I've actually been hearing a lot of folks that are saying that they're moving towards the 14, 20, 21 days. It's just sort of um, one of two things. It's the, it's the, the, the stress that it, it puts on them. It sort of shortens that time. And in, in most of the most of what people who are running a Kickstarter stress about is that is that middle period where things slow down. So if you just sort of crunch that middle time down where things are going to be slower, you sort of you sort of save yourself because, you know, Noah and I actually we did a we did a 60 day one and all we did was just sort of expend or extend our, our misery in the middle. And it was just like, ah, but, you know, I was actually that was we were going for a high funding goal. And I was worried about meeting that. So I, I did the thing where I was like, oh, I need I need more time to, to drum up the, the support and, and eyes and ears. But, you know, actually, all I found out was I just made the middle longer and more stressful on on the on myself and the whole team. So, yeah, we 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 we, we dropped that down. And I'd be interested to see if maybe we as a team, we we experience one of those three weeks, you know, 20 days, 14 day ones just to sort of get everybody in and tell them, you know, this is what we're doing. And, and then we're getting out. So I would love to be one of these people that gets like 
8,000% funded on like the first funded in 20 minutes. Like I would, I, I crave that level of, and these are people that are probably doing comic books for years, probably, mm-hmm. probably on deviant art, probably, you know, the, you know, web comics, but I, that's what I aspire to, to, to have like maybe like a week on. Cause yeah, this, I'm not gonna lie. This has been, it's, it's been very exciting. Also very stressful. So yeah, the idea of a 30, the idea of a 60 day campaign is like, there ain't, there ain't no way there's yeah, no yeah. way, but yeah. I mean, Never that's what Kickstarter again. tell you. And Kickstarter is great. Cause it'll tell you, they'll tell you what to do. Like it'll, they'll give you every opportunity to, to, to make smart marketing and, and business decisions. So, you know, shouts out to Kickstarter. It's a great tool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. So I, I think, uh, I think we've covered a lot, you know, we've covered sort of the process of, uh, uh, you know, the idea the putting the team together and then a little bit of Kickstarter talk there at the end. Um, are there places online for, for p- folks to, to follow you? I mean, we're going to put a, a lock, uh, a link to the, to the, uh, the pre-launch page in the, in the show notes, but is there anywhere else where people can go to sort of see images and um, as the project uh, continues? Right now I'm just on Twitter, Stokes the writer. Um, at Stokes the Writer, and that's pretty much it. And then yeah, the the Kickstarter campaign, and I'll make like a website, do this, all this other stuff, you know, once the, the campaign starts and I can do the updates and such. Sure. Cool. So Noah, do you have any any final thoughts or any uh questions uh as we uh as we close up here? Uh no, no final thoughts or questions. Just thanks for coming on and sharing your expertise and uh your artistry and writing with us. That was, uh, I learned a lot this time around. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And and I've gotten, uh, I'm going to get those books from you and, and you know, that this, this has been great. Thank you. Cool. So actually uh, before we close up, we're, we're recording here. It's the, uh, it's the middle of, of August. Do you, do you have a, a date when the, when the Kickstarter launches? So it's either going to be the, 24th of august or the 26th of august 24th or 26th cool okay yeah just to sort of let folks know the general time period of, of when it when it's going to launch so that, that's cool and uh like i said uh pre-launch page in the show notes so go on there click that get that uh, email sent to your to your inbox right away when when the when the kickstarter goes up uh so Absolutely. awesome Anthony, thanks uh, so much for, for being on. It was a lot of fun to talk. You know, you have an open invite. You know, issue two comes out, more issues down the road. You guys want to get back. We can have sort of a, a state of the union on decay and, and check in and see how things are going. I appreciate that. Thank you. Cool. So for those listening, if you could give us a uh, rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, social media, we are on Twitter at Construct Com Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>